Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number one of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Joined by the one and only David Starr, the NASCAR veteran, six-time NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race winner. He's raced in all three NASCAR National Series, and he joins us right now. David, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Glad that we can get this thing going on episode number one of Let's Go Racing. <laughs> Dude, this is awesome, man. You know, you and uh, you and Dominic, uh, when y'all came to me and said, hey, man, let's do a podcast. I'm like, you know, really? Y'all really want to do a podcast, you know? And uh, as we talked about it, it's like, wow, that, that'd be pretty cool. You know, you guys, you know, yourself and Dominic, y'all have so much knowledge and so much from a media standpoint. And, uh, hey, man, anytime we want to talk about racing in general, NASCAR racing, IndyCar, dirt racing, any kind of racing, man, you know where my heart is. I love it. So I'm excited about, about our, our podcast and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Dominic Aragon joins us from – TheRacingExperts.com. He is one of our co-hosts here, and he'll be with us each and every week. Dominic, welcome to the show. Excited to have you on board, man. I'm excited to be here, guys. This is this has been something that we've been talking about doing for a long time, and I got to give credit where credits due, man. Tyler, you're the one who really got all this rolling. I mean, we were we were certainly talking about doing something, collaborating over the years, and doing something. But man, you really hit the ground running this summer with getting what we needed to get to where we're at now. So I'm really excited to be here. This is this is going to be a fun, fun thing we do every Monday night and out on Tuesdays, and this will be the first of many of them. Yes, uh, certainly so. We plan to be with you each and every Tuesday, and there's a lot of ways to catch Let's Go Racing with David Starr, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We also have a video version on YouTube. And wherever you listen to podcasts or if you watch the video version, whatever it may be, make sure to subscribe to the show and give us a friendly rating. Give us those five stars. Four stars are for haters. Five stars are for winners. And so we like winners around here. Victory Lane is uh, where the place to be. So uh, definitely would appreciate that. Also, we're on social media, facebook.com, the uh, Let's Go Racing with David Starr Facebook page, and also on Twitter at Star Podcast. Of course, that's with two R's is where you can get all the show information there. So we would certainly appreciate that. David, tell us about this podcast. What are we hoping to accomplish? I know that you've got so many fans that have been loyal to you for over however many years you've been involved in this sport, man. Uh, what are you looking to put out there to the folks uh, as we get this podcast going? Man, Tyler, that's a, man, that's a great question. I love what we're doing here. Anytime you have a chance to talk about what we do and what we know, I'm all about that. I, I love our sport, man. I, I just love racing in general. But to be part of our NASCAR family, whether you're media, a team member, a driver, or a fan, we're all family here, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I, I want the race fans, people that are in this business, are, are a part of it. And, and when I say a part of it, I mean, our sport, our sport doesn't operate without the race fans, without the fans in attendance and the fans watching it on TV, there is no sport, you know? So the fans is what make our sport what it is. So if we can bring some great stories, some stories, experience that I have, that you have had, had Dominic have had, and 
we can bring in guests. I want to bring in other drivers. I want to bring in crew chiefs. I want to bring in crew members. I want to bring other media guys in, bring in some fans in. But if we could understand, you know, what makes them, why they love our sports so much, hear their stories. You know, that's one thing cool about our industry of auto racing, NASCAR racing, is the people. We're in the people business, you know, and uh, I've always found it intriguing, not only the people I work with, the team owners we I've driven for, the crew chiefs I've worked with, but everybody has a story, you know. I'm, I'm always intrigued and inspired by, you know, like you guys, you know, Dominic, did you wake up one morning and say, hey, man, I'm going to be a, a media guy, you know what I mean? And, and uh, Tyler, you... I mean, just listening to you speak, your your voice, I mean, you're a television radio guy. You know what I mean? You just, when you open your mouth, you, you know this, like, that's what you do, you know? And, uh, but, you know, it's it's always great to hear the race fans and the people, the competitors, people that, I, that I, I'm at war with. When, when we're done, the race is over with, and you have a chance to go to dinner or, or catch up under a rain delay, it's always cool to hear you know, it's like, man, did you wake up when you were five years old? Did you go to bed and wake up the next morning and say, I wanted to be a race car driver or I wanted to be a crew chief or I wanted to be a mechanic or a fabricator? It's always interesting to me to hear people's stories, man. Did you, was your dad an engine builder? I mean, did your mom work in the business? And, you know, it's, it's if you can just slow down a little bit, which that's hard for us to do because – being a part of this great sport, this great industry, I mean, it's fast-paced, we're moving, but if you ever have a chance to really slow down and listen to people you work with, and even the sponsors, I mean, the sponsors that make the sport what it is, if you can hear their stories and about how they started their company, what they started with and where they came from, it's so interesting. So I, I, love, I love what we're doing here, the podcast, so we can learn about other people and how how they got brought into this great sport of auto racing you know whether it's indy car racing drag racing or or nascar racing it's always intriguing to me and i'm always paying attention you know i'm, I'm inspired by people you know what i mean i know for me personally you know a lot of people don't have a clue that what it took you know uh and i don't even know if if there's a lot of people that would that would have went through what I went through to get to living the dream I live. You know what I mean? I just sacrifices, the hard work, the begging. It just there's so much to everybody, myself, you guys, other people are gonna have on this show to hear their stories and to learn from it and to be inspired by it. You know what I mean? So I love I love what we're doing here. I think it's gonna be cool. No doubt, no doubt about it. And the fact that this could all come together, you know, we've heard so many bad things with this pandemic and it's all affected us in one way, shape or another. But I got to say, guys, you know, I, I'm a person that I always look for positives in the negative, always try to find something good that comes out of a bad situation. And I don't think we would be here doing this podcast if it weren't for what's transpired in the last couple of months. Dominic and I have been trying to find more things to do with our time, more ways to grow and, and get more involved in this sport. And 
you know, we, we've been connected with David for a while. And, you know, without the time away from normalcy, I don't think we're here doing this show. I think that, you know, this was a benefit of sorts, you know, something good that came out of a bad situation. Uh, you know, Dominic, uh, you and I have known each other a long time, but, uh, you know, th- this kind of sped up the process of, of us doing something like this together and getting David involved here. Absolutely. We'd been talking for a long time of wanting to collaborate, wanting to partner up, we want to do something. And just, it felt like we never really got the time to get around to it, but the, the pandemic and fortunately with all the effects it's had, some good has come out of it. And you're right. This is one of those ventures that has been good for all of us. And, and I was talking with David actually about this last week and I was like, David, somebody told you eight months ago, you'd be doing a podcast. What would you have said? He's like, I wouldn't have believed it. And it's just amazing how <laughs> you can plan and plan and do different things, but different things end up happening ultimately. And this is one of those, you know what the, the pandemic has happened, unfortunately, but Hey, we're here. And this is one of the good things that has come out of it. You know, to kind of elaborate on that, you know, when we get to a racetrack, I mean, it's a grind. We get, we fly in, get our rent car, go to the racetrack. He's usually text go, uh, uh, you're going through tech, you know, you're making sure your car is legal and, and making some adjustments. And, you know, I like to be involved on tech day with my team. And then you, you leave the racetrack, go get dinner with your team, meet with some sponsors. And then the next day, and then you go to the hotel and you go to bed, be ready for the next day. The next day's practice, sometimes qualifying. And then sometimes we race that day or that night. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot going on in a short period of time. And kind of like what you guys are talking about during this pandemic, and, man, I, we got to talk about NASCAR here in a minute. What they have done, I think they were one of the first ones to bring professional sports back on television. You know what I mean? And we got to give NASCAR some kudos, and we'll get to that. But I want to say that when uh, – I would come to Kansas City and and uh, be ready to race. It was weird. I would come there and we have a little bit of time to kill because we wasn't ha- at the racetrack going through tech and w- we wasn't at the racetrack for practice and we wasn't getting ready to qualify because there wasn't any. There was no practice. There was no qualifying. You just unloaded your race car and your team went to work. They drove. They pushed it through tech. You know, went through all the technical inspection stuff. And when when that was done and and you were your car was approved. You pushed it to pit road and you got ready to race, you know? So there was some time for us to do stuff that we wasn't used to doing. I wasn't used to, you know, spending the day before we race at a restaurant or meeting up with some people. So it, it did open up opportunities and change things the way what we were used to, uh, what we're used to going to a race look like, you know? So, uh, so anyway, it was kind of cool that, you know, you guys, I loved y'all's ideal. And as I thought about it and listened to y'all, it, it, it was like, that's pretty cool. You know, anytime we can share, talk about what we love, that's easy. So why don't we do a podcast? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that's a great point, David. And this year, let's dive into it. 2020 has been a strange year for all of us one way or the other. David, uh, you changed teams after the pandemic, went to a part-time schedule, had a nice finish there at a Homestead, Miami to close out 2020. Take us through what your season was like. Well, there you go. And Dominic, I mean, Tyler, it wasn't, it wasn't Homestead, Miami. You know what I mean? And that oh, yeah. was a, and that, 
I mean, you know, you know, you look at that. I mean, that was a big change in our sport. I mean, for years, ever since I've been involved in NASCAR racing, 22, 23 years, our season ended in Miami, Homestead, Florida. And for the first time, we went out west to Phoenix. And, man, that was that was incredible. But, uh, you know, when the season started, I was, I was with JD Motorsports. I did a deal with Johnny Davis and was able to – change numbers we got number six and we had everything set to uh to race full-time in 2020 you know i was excited about what we were going to do the sponsor we had and man it was it was awesome man we kicked off the season at daytona which everybody loves daytona speed weeks is awesome man i i love speed weeks i love racing at daytona but it's the enthusiasm and, and all the new paint colors, all the new sponsors, and everybody's excited to be there. And you see all the race fans, and, and you got Volusia County, and you got New Smyrna. You got racing going on everywhere around that Daytona Beach, Florida area, which was awesome. You know, we left Daytona. We went out west, <clears throat> went to the west coast, and we did California, Phoenix, Vegas. And then I think it was the, uh, uh, the fifth race of the season. It might have been wow. the sixth. Was it the fifth race? Atlanta. We, Atlanta. We went to Atlanta, man. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, you know, I, I was watching. I flew into, flew into Atlanta, and I was watching the news on the uh, – they had a, a TV screen going, and it was like breaking news. Uh, the NBA had just been canceled. I'm like, man, what is going on in our country? The NBA has been canceled, you know? So, uh, anyway, drove over to the uh, to Atlanta Motor Speedway and um, – uh, we were having ne- the tech day the next day, and uh, we were going to practice and qualify all that same day. And, uh, man, before we, uh, before we even was able to really start our day, NASCAR called a meeting and, and told everybody, hey, we needed to go home. We was going to, you know, that we wouldn't go to race in Atlanta, and we were going to uh, race and was going to be shut down for a little while. And it was like, man, that was just unbelievable. I mean, who would ever thought any major sport would have been shut down and you could see it happening around you. And it wasn't surprising. I was shocked and surprised because, uh, you know, because I, you know, to have a NASCAR racing not happen when you're there at the racetrack expecting to race, it was different. You know what I mean? So you didn't really realize how big this pandemic was going to be at the time when it happened, you know, but for me, I was driving for Johnny Davis and, uh, man, as I flew back home to Dallas, Texas from Atlanta motor speedway, you know, we, uh, we're all sitting around waiting to hear from NASCAR to see, you know, what, what was the next step, what was going on and watching the news and seeing this, uh, COVID-19 just kind of just take over the whole country, the world at that. And, uh, man, we, we got four weeks into it, five, six, seven weeks into it. Next thing you know, you know, NASCAR said, hey, we're probably going <clears> to <throat> we're probably going to start NASCAR. We're going to we're going to get our sport cranked back up, but it's going to be completely, completely different. You know, we're going to not only is it going to be different, we're going to start it off at Darlington. You know, so the sponsor I, that I had for that race at Darlington uh nascar had said hey when we go back to work when we open our sport back up there's not going to be any fans in the stands and oh by the way only people that are going to be allowed in the garage are the crew chiefs the, the owners and i think each car is only going to have four workers you know for, per car so that was like 
me made the fifth one and the sixth was the owner. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> so anyway, when they did open up our sport back and it was at Darlington, South Carolina, uh, Darlington, South Carolina, uh, man, I had to tell my sponsor, say, hey, y'all can't come to the race. You can't bring any customers. And my sponsor said, man, David, if we can't bring our customers, that's how we get our value sitting on the pit box, being back there where all the action is and, you know, seeing all the other drivers, then, then we're going to sit on the sideline and wait until we can bring our customers to the racetrack. We can bring some employees. And I said, well, Hey, I understand. So, you know, when that happened, <clears throat> I didn't have my sponsor for Darlington. And uh, this was like two or three weeks away from when the race was going to happen. So my phone started ringing and some other sponsors were calling and saying, hey, David, uh, we hear that when NASCAR racing opens back up, that they're not going to allow people in the stands. And, you know, you're talking to them, you're telling them what you have learned from NASCAR. And, man, and next thing you know, they said, well, hey, we're going to sit on the sidelines until – we can bring our employees and our customers. So next thing you know, uh, my budget, the budget I had for the year, kind of got cut even uh, 60%, 50%. So, you know, you guys know it takes a lot of money to run these racing teams, you know, uh, lots and lots of money. And thank God for the sponsors. But next thing you know, I, I had to go back to Johnny Davis and tell you, hey, buddy, hey, Johnny. It's like, hey, man, that money that – I promise you for the year, not only do I don't even have 50% of it, it's got to cut like 60% of it. You know what I mean? So anyway, Johnny was gracious enough, said we'll make it work. But, you know, he had somebody else that came in and had a little bit more funding than I had at the time. And, and we talked about it. And, you know, it, I know I've been doing this for a long time. It takes a lot of money to run these race cars. And I said, hey, Johnny, you do what you got to do to keep JD Motorsports operating. And he said, are you sure? I said, no, I'm, I'm positive. Do what you got to do. You put in that car who's got the money, who's got the sponsorship, because that's what it takes to do this sport. And they say, you know, <clears throat> for the first time, in 23 years, I was sitting on the sideline with no job. So, man, it, it, was, uh, it was quite interesting for me, you know, within that eight- or nine-week period that, that our, our season shut down from Atlanta until we went back to racing at Darlington. Man, a lot of stuff transpired. I would have never thought that the, any of that would have happened when we left Atlanta. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, and then you find yourself in a position of – being a free agent of sorts, how did it come about of uh, the rest of your season when uh, when you finished uh, with another team? How did that all come together there? Well, you know, you uh, during this pandemic, I mean, the whole wor the whole world, especially our our country, you know, and uh, and and I'm talking to other people, other uh, team members, and other teams, and other drivers, and and uh, you know, I've talked to a couple other drivers. I said, "Man, David, my big sponsor." They can't, they can't afford to make the payments anymore. You know what I mean? So I learned real quick that I wasn't the only one. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, when, when our whole industry is ran on sponsorships, uh, that's, you know, bringing customers to the racetrack, bringing employees, engagement with the fans, engagement with the other teams and their sponsors. The whole thing, the whole thing works on people, fans, 
sponsors. It takes all of it to make it work. Uh, I realized real quick, man, that I, I wasn't the only one. And uh, so my good friend Rick Ware and Bobby Dodder, uh, I was talking to those guys, and, and uh, so happened Ray Black. Ray Black was driving the 07 car for uh, SS Greenlight Racing, Bobby Dodder. And unfortunately, like for me, Ray's sponsor, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't continue to pay during this pandemic, you know, for whatever reason, you know. And uh, so anyway, that opened up the opportunity with SS Greenlight to, to drive the 07 car in select races. And uh, again, you know, it takes a lot of money to run at the level we race as a NASCAR race, any, any, any three series, any, any racing at that. It's expensive. And uh, so these team owners rely on the drivers bringing funding. And uh, so I told Bobby, daughter, and Rick Ware, I was like, hey, guys, you know, I want to run Texas. I want to run these Texas races. I want to run here. I want to run there. And they said, man, great, David, we'd love to have you. And I said, hey, we talked about the business side of it, what it would take for funding-wise and, and, and being in touch with all my sponsors, talking to all of them, you know, I knew I had enough funding to run however many races it was, seven or eight, six races. Uh, and that's how we, that's how I continued on. And man, you talk about, you know, you know, it's, it's not poor me. I mean, the whole world, my neighbors, my friends, everybody, everybody, this, this pandemic has changed our country. You know, I, I feel bad for some of my friends have lost their jobs. They're struggling. Some of my other friends, their companies are doing great. They're doing great. But, you know, you just watch the news and see what's going on. Uh, you know, it's like, man, I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed. I'm very thankful, even though for the first time in my 23 year career that I'm unemployed, at least I have a shot to race in five or six, seven more races. You know what I mean? And I'm going to be okay. But man, this this was this was a big deal. Not only in our industry of NASCAR racing, for everyone involved, for the whole country. You know what I mean? So I was just I was just thankful that Rick Ware and Bobby Dodder gave me an opportunity uh, to go race some more, do what I what what I love to do uh, in a competitive car. We do, we had some great races and uh, and to be back at the racetrack and man, you know, like we were talking earlier, being back at the racetrack, it wasn't the same, man. It was the weirdest thing ever. When I went back to the racetrack for the first time with no race fans in the stands, no sponsors at the racetrack with me, you couldn't even, you couldn't bring a friend. You couldn't bring your wife. You couldn't bring your girlfriend. You couldn't bring your kids. I mean, you know, nobody, it was a ghost town in the garage. You know what I mean? It was just so different. And I think NASCAR, I know NASCAR, they did a heck of a job to be able to, to bring the sport back, open the sport back up and to make it run and get to the championship race races at Phoenix. I think NASCAR did a tremendous job and man, from the time we went back to race at Darlington and to the time Sunday evening when Chase Elliott was crowned our 2020 NASCAR Cup, uh, NASCAR Cup Series champion, a lot of things, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things happened to make that to make that 
ingredients to be able to crown three champions in our sport. I mean, you guys were involved in all the changes, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I can't commend NASCAR enough for everything they did and all the changes and all the craziness we all went through to get to Phoenix, Arizona, to crown three champions in our sport was amazing. No, it's truly amazing when you look at how everything NASCAR did, all the moving pieces, and how many times they had changed the schedule over and over just to try and get this 36 race season underway. And, and I hope Tyler can attest to this too, working in the media. I mean, I was at that last Phoenix race, the last normal weekend for the entire country before everything started shutting down. And I looked back on it and was kind of working as a multimedia guy that weekend, writing stories, doing some radio stuff, shooting photos. And, and I'm really glad I, I did that because gosh, you look back now and we don't have access to go shoot photos. They do everything on zoom. So everybody's kind of covering the same thing, but most importantly, when you look that weekend, there were 54,000 people in the grandstands there at Phoenix Raceway on that Sunday. And then everything just started shutting down the next few days after. And I know Tyler was at the racetrack for the first time back in July at the Kansas Race Week. And I didn't get back to a racetrack till October. And, man, way different. You go and they're taking your temperatures. They're doing all this contract tracing stuff. They're wanting to see, hey, have you been tested for COVID What's everything going on here? And I'm sure it's even more rigorous from a competitor standpoint, but what a night and day difference from going to covering these races in February and March to what they were doing in October. And the fact that they were able to start allowing a little more media and some of these fans at certain racetracks, it was great to see. And at Phoenix a couple of weeks back, I know they allowed about 8,000 people there and about 20 of us in the media got to be inside the media center and and I'll tell you, that room was was really weird to, to be looking around and thinking, wow, there should be about 80 to 90 people in this media center right now. <laughs> There's only just a handful of people. It was a weird, eerie feeling for sure. Grateful to be there, but definitely different times from eight months ago. Yeah, uh, certainly. It's a different world. Uh, the you know, It's kind of like you think about the world after 9-11. September 12th was a different atmosphere than September 11th. And this pandemic has affected us all in some way, shape, or form. I cover other sports uh, as part of my radio job beyond just racing, cover everything from, you know, college football to the NFL to, uh, you know, college basketball and Major League Baseball. And some of those sports, we haven't even yet been able to return as media members yet. We're, we're covering everything like we're doing this show from Zoom uh, at home. It's just totally different. And a lot of this stuff is going to be the long-term effects, that it's not going to go back to the way that things were before. David, what, what is it that you miss most when it comes to a typical race weekend uh, with uh, you know, a, to the way that things were beforehand? What do you miss most from the way things are now compared to what they were? Man, that's a great question. And, and I would I would uh... – I'm going to pause for a minute, Dominic, and go back, I mean, Tyler, and go back and talk about this pandemic and how different it was and what NASCAR did to bring it all together to get to three champions. What didn't change? Everything was different, every part of it, every aspect of it. But what was the same and what was great? The racing on the racetrack was unbelievable. I don't care if it was the, NASCAR, the truck series, the Xfinity series, or the cup series, man, the racing was great. And uh, I was amazed when they said, Hey, no practice, no qualifying. 
And for the first time, the cars just got on the racetrack. And when they dropped a green flag to start the race, how competitive it was. It was amazing, you know? So, man, the, I tell you, the crew chiefs, the drivers, the engineers, these teams, everybody involved in, in NASCAR racing, you don't get to that level of the NASCAR truck series, Xfinity series, or the cup series. Everybody's a champion. Everybody's good. And man, everybody proved it because the racing was unbelievable. I loved every bit of it. The ones I were in and the ones I hated to watch on TV, because let me tell you, when I was supposed to be out there racing and I wasn't, dude, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather be beat up on the street. You know what I mean? How you, you know, I, I really being in a fight and getting beat up, getting hurt and getting a rib broke or something that hurt that didn't hurt as much as it was not being there racing, man. That was tough, dude. I, I, uh, you know, I still, I still think about it and man, you talk about hurt, 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 man. I, I love to compete. I love to be part of that weekend and to get in that race car and try to win races, man. And not, and having to watch it on TV and not be a part of it, man, nobody ever really know what that feels like, but man, that's a, that's a deep hurt. But, uh, but, man, the biggest part you're asking me, Tyler, what I messed about when I did go back to racing and there was no fans, I missed not having my sponsors there. You know, the people, the people that give you the money to be able to race at the level we race at, not having those people there to enjoy it with me because they have a love for the sport as well, you know. They're passionate about it. And to see them see that race car with their company name on it and and the it, it just, you know, the 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 uh the enthusiasm they have, their customers being there, sometimes their employees, and watch them act like kids in a candy store in the garage area, sitting on the pit box during the race, you know, giving them radios so they can hear the communication between myself and the crew chief, going to the driver's meeting. I miss the people, man. I miss the people. I miss the people that 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 back me up, my sponsors, give me the money to do what I love to do. And that's the biggest thing. I miss the race fans. I miss my sponsors. I miss the other sponsors. You know, it's not just about me. It's about the whole industry, other drivers, other teams, their sponsors being there. A lot of those people, they come over and they meet the people that are helping me, our sponsors. They get to know everybody. Our sport is like a big family, you know? And when you didn't have that, it was strange, man. It's, it was a strange feeling. And, um, you know, when I talk to all my sponsors about the sport, I, I, I'm selling the experience of it. You know, bring your customers, bring your employees, meet the other sponsors, just being there at a, on a at a NASCAR race, being on the inside where you guys are, where the competitors are, where the teams are, where the race cars are. I mean, you see Dale Earnhardt Jr. walking around. You see Jeff Gordon. I mean, you might see a movie star too. I mean, you know, you see a lot of the NFL. I mean, you just never know who you're going to see in the garage or who's going to be there. I miss, I miss the people side of it. You know what I mean? I love to get in the race car. And when they drop that green flag, man, there's nothing more that makes my heart beat than 
that, besides my wife and my kids, that's what makes me, you know, that what makes me get out of bed every morning. You know what I mean? That's what drives me. I love what we do. But man, the weirdest thing was just, and, and the biggest thing was the people. The people not being at the racetrack was just, uh, was just really a sad, a sad, uh, was sad to see, sad to be a part of it. But I was so thankful that NASCAR, and you guys talked about it, Dominic talked about it, the protocols, the, uh, the you know, COVID-19 protocols to keep everybody safe, to keep the officials safe, to keep the team safe, to keep the drivers safe. I think they did a, they did a, a heck of a job to, again, to get to the end of the season in the crown three champions, to crown Chase Elliott and, you know, Austin Centric and uh, Sheldon Creed. I mean, there was a lot that went on from Darlington until we crowned those three champions in NASCAR. It's just, uh, I still, I'm still amazed what NASCAR pulled off and how they did it. And with the help from everybody that's involved with the media guys, with the teams, with everybody, you know, it's just something to be proud of, of our industry. And and, uh, again, it was just unbelievable. No doubt about it. Uh, This is episode number one of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here alongside Dominic Aragoon of the RacingExperts.com. And uh, David, we're going to talk more about your backstory, where you came from next week. But I do want to ask you about, in case somebody may just be hearing about David Starr for the very first time, how would you describe yourself and what's your your background, your story, David? <laughs> man, I'm just, uh, man, I mean, man, that's, uh, <laughs> I don't like talking about myself, first of all, but man, I'm just a normal guy, <laughs> loves to race, you know, I'm just, uh, I love people, I love life, you know, people say, man, you're always happy, you're always smiling, you know what I mean? Even even when you're not having a good day at the racetrack. But man, when you get out of bed every day and you got two great kids and a wife and you get to do what I get to do, I mean, it's it's always a great day, you know? And uh my dream started when I was 3, 4 years old, you know, and uh and it was just a dream, a dream. Most dreams you know, uh, they're hard to, you know, your most dreams for me, they're hard to accomplish, you know, and, uh, if they're, you know, to be honest about it, I didn't make it as a NASCAR race car driver until I was, man, well, how old was I? I was 27, 28 years old, you know, though, you know, when you say 27, 28 years old, now you're over the hill in our industry. You know what I mean? Cup champions, 24 years old this year. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you know, there you go. You know, absolutely. So, yeah, man. So, uh, man, I'm just a, I'm a mechanic by trade. I mean, that's what I do. I mean, that's that's what I did for a living before I made it as a professional NASCAR race car driver. And, uh, man, I'm just a guy. I'm, you know, I I, lo- I just love people. I like to work. I like everything clean. I like my yard done. You know, but uh, but man, I'm I'm still I still pinch myself just because. That dream was so big, and it took so much hard work, and it took a lot of people. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this down the road, but, you know, behind every successful race car driver to make it to NASCAR or professional level, there's a lot of great people. There's a lot of hard work, a lot of determination, a lot of heart, and I don't think really people understand <clears throat> what it took 
because I never stopped dreaming and I never stopped working and the sacrifices you made. I didn't, you know, I didn't get married till I was much older because you would never want to drag somebody else. You wouldn't want your shadow or your partner to have to live and go through the things that I went through. And I'm sure other people went to, to get to that dream, you know, but once you made it there, I mean, it was just, it was, it was a gift from God, a miracle, but it worked out. And uh, man, I'm just, uh, I love life. I love what I do. And I love that we're having a podcast here. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Oh, that is uh, awesome. Dominic, you've been involved in the sport for a long time. Uh, Not only are you the editor in chief of the racing experts, but you founded that website. Tell me your story, Dominic. How did you get involved with uh, the sport of NASCAR racing? Well, I think it's the most ironic thing because I look at my immediate family and nobody in my family even remotely follows auto racing or NASCAR. But when I was four years old, right, Santa Claus brought a bunch of games on the old PlayStation 1. And one of those games was NASCAR 99. So the interest sparked as a four and a half, five-year-old and just kept playing that and grew to really love the sport, was watching it on a weekly basis as a 10-year-old in 2004 and and you know what? And I think maybe as a journalist, this is one of the better traits or one of the good traits, maybe not, but I'm a naturally curious and nosy person. I love to find out information. <laughs> and I kind of found out, Hey, maybe there's a way to kind of tie all this together. As a kid, I always wanted to do something news wise or media related. And, and in high school, I had an opportunity to really start kind of covering this, the, the school paper grants high school, man. I, I got to give everybody credit there because they were really, really supportive of all this. My, my teachers, the people who were running the English department and the school paper, they're like, yeah, if you can get an interview with so-and-so, go ahead and we'll run it in the newspaper. We'll run it on the school website. And sure enough, they were able to do that and, and get some interviews for this newspaper with the school and run these stories online. And that was like early 2010. And as the summer started going on, I was like, you know what? It'd be really cool to really start doing this on a more consistent basis. So I reached out to the editor of a website, and I won't name the website because that's not fair. They're still around and they're not here to say anything otherwise, but long story short, I did apply with another current NASCAR media website. I got turned down. And if there's anything you all know about me, I don't take no for an answer. So it just kind of filled it up even more. And I said, you know what? I don't even know what I'm doing here, but I'm going to start my own website just to prove these people wrong. And in August, 2010, the racing experts got launched and we were covering the sport, doing some recaps every week and had a small team behind us that really, really pushed and believed in what we were doing. And at that time, too, J-Ski was a really, really big NASCAR hub for news. And we were able to break a lot of stories with getting stuff on J-Ski. And in fact, Dave, I don't know if you remember, but you guys had that announcement with Levine Family Racing in 2011. You were one of our first interviews back in the day. <laughs> so I, that's how far back Dave and I go. And And this thing just continued to snowball and NASCAR really recognized us in 2014. We started getting approved to cover races and, and go to the racetrack in 2016 or in the annual credential and partnered up with ESP and Radio Albuquerque. So a lot of the stuff we gather at the track would get run on the station and it helped fill in with their motorsports show out in Albuquerque. And we, we recently registered everything with an LLC. So everything's official. What started off as a fun hobby has now turned into a legit business and you couldn't have scripted anything any better. I mean, had somebody told me 10 years ago, this is what would have happened. Definitely wouldn't have believed it. Would have only dreamt of being around the sport. Cause I think, I don't know. I can't speak for you, Tyler, but definitely for me as a kid, I would have loved 
to have made it as a race car driver and hey still haven't ruled anything out on getting behind the wheel of something but if i couldn't be driving the cars i still wanted to be around the sport somehow and i kind of found this little avenue with the racing experts and the affiliation with the radio station out there in albuquerque which we still have a good relationship with and we do work with those guys so it's just it's been amazing i've been to so many parts of the country i've met so many amazing people you two included that would have otherwise never happened had I gotten turned down for that spot 10 years ago and just feel that passion even more. That's awesome, Dominic. Uh, now, as far as I go, when it comes to my connection with NASCAR and covering this sport and such, uh, similar to Dominic, I got tied in by a video game as well. When I was, uh, you know, about four or five years old, one Christmas, my parents bought me the uh, NASCAR Heat uh, computer game on the PC, and you got Dale Jarrett in the blue 88 Ford, Jeff Gordon in the Rainbow Warriors colors, Dale Earnhardt in the, the Goodwrench number three Chevy, and, and I, I was playing that every day. It was my favorite game. Eventually, one day, I turned on the TV, and I actually saw it on. I'm like, oh, wow, this is legit. It actually saw it firsthand. <laughs> I think it was the, the Bud Shootout was the first race I watched, like 04, something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, got into that, started watching it religiously every single week and, uh, you know, went to my first race, uh, at Texas Motor Speedway in 2012. Uh, and then a couple of years later, it was time for me to go to college and, uh, moved up to Lawrence where I live now, uh, to this day. And, you know, we're only 30 minutes away from Kansas Speedway. And I made up my mind, I need to find a way. I was working part-time at the radio station, and I was doing some writing for the student newspaper and such like that. I just made up my mind, I need to be there one way or the other, whether it's covering it or as a fan or something, I just need to go. Well, I would be, I'd been doing a podcast that I started since 2011, the Jones Report, and uh, one of my regular guests on the show was Adam Alexander. I'm sure you guys know co-host of NASCAR Race Hub and play-by-play -play voice of the Xfinity Series and FS1. And uh, Adam, he uh, was a regular on my show, and uh, he offered to get me a credential through Fox to go cover the race. And so I did and got connected with folks up there. Incredible experience. Got to shadow him and all the Fox people, Caitlin Vinci and uh, Jeff Hammond and Phil Parsons and several others. And and uh, just fell in love with the sport, was at Kansas Speedway every time they were in town. And uh, then within the last couple of years, Matt Humphrey, who's the uh, head of PR for NASCAR, he approaches me and says, Tyler, you do a great job covering the races here at Kansas Speedway. They were already setting me up with interviews with different drivers and such and said, you know, we, we'd love to have you anywhere, quite frankly, not just here. And I said, well, fine then. Let's go to the Daytona 500. So I went the first time in 2019, went again in 2020. Incredible experience. And now I find myself, uh, you know, try to be, you know, at a few different races every year and, and uh, you know, covering this sport along with the other sports I cover with the Kansas City Chiefs, the world champions, uh, <laughs> as well as, you know, sporting Kansas City and the Royals and the University of Kansas where I went um, and their great basketball program. So, um you know, it's just been cool. Uh, if I wanted to have moved up here and gone to school here, then there's no way I'd be in this position. It was covering Kansas Speedway that led me to this point to be here with you guys. And, and I'm certainly grateful for that and uh, the fine folks at Kansas Speedway for all they've done uh, for this sport. And uh, that track 
uh, has produced some great racing over the years as well. So, David, that's kind of our backgrounds, uh, myself and Dominic, the, uh, the short stories of sorts for both of <laughs> yeah, Short and sweet. <laughs> you know, well, you know what's so cool about it. It's uh, man, I appreciate what y'all uh, y'all sharing that with me. But man, that's what's cool about you know about NASCAR racing. The, it's the people you meet. You know, uh, Dominic. You know, I, I I've known Dominic longer than I've known Tyler. But when I first met Dominic, you know, he was a kid. He was hungry. You know, he you could tell he was eager. And, uh, you know, I, I would see him, I would see him here and there and he was, he'd interview me, he'd interview other drivers and I saw him working and, and you didn't see him for a couple of races, then you'd see him and, uh, you know, that's what's cool about the sport, you know what I mean? It's like if you, a race car driver, a crew chief, a fabricator, an engine builder, you know, a, a media guy, you know, I, I, uh, you know, uh, the, the broadcast side, the radio side, uh, the, the newspaper and the magazines, uh, you know, just hearing your story, that's inspiring, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you had a goal, a dream, and, and nothing was going to get in the way. And, uh, Dominic, you made it happen. And, uh, uh, I mean, Tyler, you made uh, – Dominic, you made it happen. And, Tyler, I mean, hearing your story about Alan Alexander, Adam Alexander, man, that guy's been around forever, legendary uh, media guy and broadcaster and in, in, in our sport. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's what I love hearing. I love hearing the behind the scenes, you know. Hey, man, how did this happen? How did you get to this point, you know? And, and hearing y'all's story, it's just, uh, you know, it's inspiring, you know, to, to see and, and the people, you know. And, and, again, you know, I say this a lot, but, you know, we're not, we're in auto racing, NASCAR racing. It's about engines and gear ratios and transmission ratios and, you know, uh, springs and shocks and wedge. And, you know, it's all about racing as I know it, you know what I mean? But it's, uh, it's the stories of how we got there and, and what you did, the sacrifice you made it and the people, the people that you got introduced to and they introduced you to this person. The next thing you know, look at us, we're all making a living in the same industry. And that's the beauty of it is, you know, uh, we're in the people's, we're in the people business, NASCAR racing. You know, it's hard, it's hard for people to understand that, but we're in the people business because, yeah. you know, just like Tyler and just like Dominic, just like both of you guys, there were so many people, so many people, uh, you know, uh, is the reason why I'm here today. And I raced at the level I race at as a professional and just racing in general. When it started, there's so many people that gave you opportunities to introduce you to this person or let you drive the race car. You know what I mean? There's just so many inspirational people and people that inspired us and, and that mean the world to us because of, of the opportunities that they, that they took on us. You know, why did they take an opportunity on me? Why did they take an opportunity on Tyler? Why did, why did they take an opportunity on Dominic? You know why they did it? Because uh, Dominic said it earlier, we weren't going to settle for anything left. So we weren't going away. We knew where we wanted to go, and we were going to work hard to get there. And, and, yeah. now, look, and now look at us. You know what I mean? So uh, it's a beautiful thing. I appreciate you guys sharing. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And you guys will get to know more about all three of us as we go on this journey together of this podcast each and every week here on uh, Let's Go Racing. We got a little bit of time left, and we got a couple more things to cover. Let's start out with some news and notes. Dominic, uh, what do you got for us? Well, I'll tell you what, hot off the press is actually at the start of this show. 
Spire Motorsports announces that Corey LaJoy has signed a multi-year deal to go full-time racing in the Cup Series in a newly numbered seven car. So I'm sure we're going to get some more details as time goes on, but that's that's hot off the press is actually just at the start of the show. David, what's your reaction? Corey LaJoy headed to Spire, and I believe they might have some Hendrick backing of sorts with that team too? Man, if you watch Corey LaGorge, Corey LaJoy over the years, man, the guy, the, the guy has done a great job. Heck of a race car driver. Funny as heck. I love watching him compete. You know, he gets everything out. He's been racing the 32 car. I watch him every week, and I'm always impressed with it because I've always thought that he's got everything that car he could get out of that car. He's ran good. I've just thought he's done a great job. And I, I, uh, I hope this opportunity for Corey puts him about 10 spots better than where he's been competing at over the year, last two or three years. You know, he's a, a tough racer, a great guy. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Good for him. And I think that shows Spire Motorsports commitment to the sport because, okay. Yeah. They buy the charter from furniture racing at the end of the 2018 season. And, yeah, they win the race with Justin Haley, and people are saying, oh, this team's not going to last more than a year. They just, it was a money grab. And no, by committing that they're going to have two full-time cars in the Cup Series, I think that shows that this team is here to stay for the long term. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think you're right about that. I mean, to, to compete at that level uh, and, and uh, you know, to hire a driver like Corey LaJoy, give him an opportunity – and uh, I just think the Spires Motorsports, I think, you know, they're, uh, they, every year, yeah, obviously, I think 2020 was their first or second year. But, you know, and, and winning that race with uh, Justin Haley was uh, pretty big for that's a big deal. And I think you're just going to see them get better and better over time. And, and uh, bringing Corey LaJoy with all his experience and his uh, talent, uh, that can't hurt him at all. Yeah, absolutely. And then some other news, too, that happened over the last few days. John Hunter Nemechek making the move, saying that he's leaving Front Row Motorsports. Post three top tens this year in his rookie campaign. He's going over to drive the number four truck for Kyle Busch Motorsports, replacing Raphael Lassard. What's your guys' reaction to that, and how do you all think he's going to do? Well, David, uh, you know, John Hunter Nemechek had a pretty decent rookie year at the cup level. You saw that with uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports last year in the truck series, they didn't have the success – they would have liked without Kyle Busch in the truck. This seems like this could be a very good marriage between these two. I think it's going to be an awesome marriage. You know, John Hunter, John Hunter Nemechek, golly, he was fun to watch. You know, you guys see it too. I mean, uh, Front Row Motorsports, what he did and uh, that equipment. I mean, this guy was in the top 10 at times. I mean, he was impressive the entire year. It was fun to watch him. You know, I always, always watch John Hunter because, man, you know, it, you couldn't help but watch him. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, he's in the top ten. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he just done a tremendous job, and, and I, I respect what he's doing. Uh, I think some people will say that he's stepping down a level or two, but I, I, I don't know if I would, uh, I would call that stepping down or stepping back. I think what he's doing is I think people in our industry, these different owners and the manufacturers – he impressed me, and I know he impressed a lot of other people, but to go to the truck series and drive for Kyle Busch Motorsports and that type of equipment, I look for John Hunter Nemechek to win a championship in the truck series, and I look for Hendrick Motorsports, Roger Penske, one of these powerhouse teams 
to give him an opportunity. I like what he's doing. I think it's a smart move on 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 him to 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 do that. I think that's a great marriage with Kyle Bush. He's gonna learn and pay attention to what Kyle Bush, one of the best all-time race car drivers ever. He's going to learn from Kyle Busch himself. I believe John Hunter Nemechek's going to have – you can almost guarantee that he'll be in it for the championship when it comes back down to being at the Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Arizona race. Uh, and I think if he wins the championships in the NASCAR uh, Camper World Truck Series, I, I can see one of these powerhouse teams in the cup side picking him up. I think it's a smart move on his part, and I look for big things in the future from John Hunter Nemechek. I, I think he's going to be a championship contender, no doubt about it, and I think you'll see him in one of these powerhouse cup teams two years from now. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're right. I was impressed by him a couple years ago when he won at Kansas Speedway in the Xfinity Series. Nobody saw that coming, and he raced really well that day. He's got a lot of talent. I'm excited to see what he could do in the uh, truck series. Dominic, we got time for one or two more. What else is going on? Yeah, certainly. Well, a little bit of old news, but old news is good news and certainly worth going over here. Recently crowned Cup Series champion Chase Elliott will be contending for his third win in the Snowball Derby in early December. He's going to be fielding an entry that was announced a couple weeks ago, but chasing his third win in that premier event. And also he's uh, going to run the Chili Bowl in Tulsa, in my hometown. Uh, Great to see David uh, Chase Elliott uh, doing some other things going on, going besides NASCAR racing. Man, it's awesome to have the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series champion at the Snowball Derby. I mean, it's nothing new. That race, that's the biggest short track, asphalt short track race in the country. It's like our Daytona 500 for short track stock car racing. And uh, Chase has been there in the past. Uh, and to have him show back up, as a champion of our industry, the, the highest, you know, the highest uh, champion, you know, Cup Series, it don't get any bigger than that. And to have him show back up at the Snowball Derby, all that just tells you is this guy, he's a real, real racer. We knew that already, but, man, I, I love that. I love it. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, like you said, Dominic, I mean, Tyler, he's going to be at the Chili Bowl coming up, too, in December or January. And uh, that's pretty awesome. You know, I know his teammate, uh, Kyle Larson, his, Kyle Larson be there helping him. You know what I mean? That's going to be pretty cool for, for the fans to see. And uh, pretty awesome, man. That's some big news right there. And I think lastly here, Tyler, just to kind of touch on, when we were talking a little bit about the pandemic and, hey, this thing doesn't discriminate against anybody. Ken Squire, legendary NASCAR broadcaster over the years, he has been suffering from COVID. But Dave Moody with SiriusXM has really been updating everybody, and, and Ken tends to be doing a little bit better. I guess earlier today, Monday night, he was talking with some of his physical therapists and his close friends, and he's showing signs of improvement and showing signs of strength. And this is a good sign that he was asking people, what are some of the top teams doing in NASCAR in 2021? So he's asking for NASCAR updates. That's certainly a good sign. Oh, that's great. Uh, David, uh, Ken Squire, uh, that's the uh, that's the OG right there. He, he's the greatest. <laughs> uh, no doubt about it, man. I, I love hearing Ken Squire. You know, uh, as a kid watching NASCAR racing on television, just that voice. You know, hearing Ken Squire. You know, and he would always he'd always really pinpoint where the driver is from. You know what I mean? It just uh, his voice is so iconic. He's so legendary, legendary, and, and broadcasting and and what his contributions to our sport are unmeasurable. You know what I mean? You, 
you, you just everything he's done. And uh, I love, I love it when he steps in the booth, when, the, when, you know, NBC or Fox has him step in the booth or you get to see him at a racetrack, you know, when you're around him, you're around royalty, you know what I mean? And, and I'm so glad and, and blessed that uh, he's getting better. You know, it's always scary for, for anybody to get, uh, you know, COVID and uh, for him to get it at the age that Ken is. I'm glad to hear that he's getting better and we pray that uh, he makes a full recovery. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, got some pressure with him and his family. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no question about it. Uh, we're thinking of Ken Squire and his family for sure. Uh, before we get out of here, we'll always end the show with some fan mail questions. And there's a lot of ways that you can ask us. You can tweet us at Star Podcast or hit us up on our Facebook page. And uh, Dominic, we got an email set up now, right? We do have an email set up. So if you'd like to email in your questions, send them off at David Star Podcast at gmail.com it's all one word no underscores no periods again that's david star podcast at gmail.com we'll see him in the inbox and we might even see him on a future show yes and there are two r's in star remember that um (laughs) here's a a couple questions this first one comes from Lori. Lori writes david what's your favorite activity that you like to do other than racing (laughs) <laughs> that's a tough question to answer because that's all I do is race, race, race. You know what I mean? And, uh, but, uh, I, uh, that's a great question, Lori. I appreciate you, uh, uh, writing in or asking that question. I, uh, you know, my uncle Mike Starr owns the team Texas high performance driving school. That's based at the Texas motor speedway. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, he started, my uncle Mike started that driving school back in 1990 at Texas World Speedway. But one of the things that I love to do is go over when we have our, when we're having corporate events or when we're open to the public and jump in a race car, give a race car ride or be an instructor where you got a race fan that's driving the race car. You know, and I like to sit on the on the passenger side and help them. You know what I mean? And I always think that's fun. I love that, man, because uh, we have so many men and, men and women that come through the racing school and come drive race cars. It's just incredible. I really – I have a lot of joy doing that. And, uh, you know, uh, I love going to the lake, being out on the lake uh, with my kids and my wife. Uh, man, I like to do a lot of stuff, man. It's just uh, – it's endless. But that's one of the things I really get a lot of enjoyment out of is uh, being a part of our NASCAR racing school that we have. Uh, it's called Team Texas High Performance Driving School. And and seeing the race fans get inside a real NASCAR race car and drive 150 miles an hour with nine other cars on the racetrack. And, and almost like you're almost like you're Jeff Gordon, you know what I mean? And uh, that's a really cool experience to be able to experience that and watch people love uh, to do what I love to do. It's pretty cool. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to talk plenty about the driving school <laughs> down the line. And, of course, we got to talk some Whataburger. That's a love <laughs> and a passion that all three of us have. Absolutely. We'll get to those things uh, in future episodes for sure. But that racing school, one of these days, <laughs> Dominic and I are going to go out there and, and, and drive David around and, and hopefully <laughs> we can give him a little bit of a scare of some sorts uh, <laughs> when we do it <laughs> there at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, Another thing, let me, uh, let me stop you real quick. <laughs> Since, you know, y'all hit on it earlier uh, – during this pandemic that our whole country's been in, the world's been in, I've, I've had a little bit more time at home. Man, let me tell you what, man, the joy and fun it's been to hang out with my little boys at sporting events, football games, baseball games, soccer games. Man, you, 
you talking about, man, you know, that passion I have and still that love to compete. It's like I'm almost competing through them. Sometimes I got to watch myself, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I get overly excited. And, uh, you know, you, as your kids compete in any sport, you know, you're like right there with them, you know. And, man, that's, that's I tell you what, this, the last uh, eight months, that's been a lot of fun f- for me as well, you know. So that's been really cool. And, man, your kids, man, your kids will teach you a thing or two. And uh, it's kind of interesting the conversations I have with my boys about, you know, about being tougher, being more competitive, and being a good sportsman, man. It's uh, it's amazing. I, I'll tell you a quick story, real quick. Uh, <clears throat> my boys, my oldest son was playing basketball, and and I wasn't at the game. And my wife, uh, she said, "Hey, you need to talk to your son." It's like <clears throat> one of the, uh, the uh, unfortunately, their team was beat in this particular game. But but DJ, my oldest boy, was hitting some really good three-pointers. Well, they lost the game. And uh, anyway, when the game was over, one of the other competitors came over to tell him, hey, man, you're a really great, great shooter, you know, and it was giving him a compliment. And uh, my, my wife was standing right there, and she said uh, DJ didn't really shake his hand and tell him, hey, great game. He had a, he had a bad attitude about losing – losing the game you know and i can appreciate that because he's passionate about it you know what i mean but you but i want him to understand there's a way to win and there's a way to lose you know and when a, a competitor comes over and gives you a compliment compliments you you know i want you to stick your hand out there and compliment them back and tell them hey great game and uh but anyway so when I got when I got home, my wife told me this on the phone. I was at a race, and when I got home from the race, I, I I got with DJ, and I said, "Hey, man, we need to talk about this situation that my wife was telling me about." And he said, "Dad, you're used to losing. You lose every week." And I'm like, "Man, <laughs> oh my God, man!" I was like, I had steam kind of out of my ears, you know what I mean? So we had a long talk about, you know. Nobody likes to lose. I can assure you that, and especially your dad. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it because I'm a winner. But but you gotta, you know, you gotta learn how to lose. It's 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 a hard thing to do. You know, I'm a sore loser. You you show me a good loser, and I'll show you, and and I'll show you somebody that's not a winner. You know what I mean? It's like we all want to win. But when we don't win, you got to win with 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 uh, I don't know. You got to you got to have a you got to be a good sportsman about it. You got to learn from it. You, you know. You, again, I was just trying to teach him to be a great sportsman, and sometimes we're not always going to win. So anyway, that was kind of a crazy story that I kind of had to catch myself because he said, "Dad, you you know you used to losing. You lose every week." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my God!" You know what I mean? So let oh me. But your kids will teach you stuff as well. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, One more question for you. We're going to combine questions from Virginia and Vicki. They asked similar ones, so we'll make this one question. David, what is your favorite track and why? Man, that's always a cool question. You know what I mean? And uh, as a competitor, I love to compete. You know, I don't care if I'm at Martinsville, Virginia – or Daytona International Speedway, or the Texas Motor Speedway. You know, what are we racing next? That's that's my favorite track. I love them all. You know, but but let's get real here. You know, what I mean, <laughs> I 
Martinsville, Bristol, man, I love that physical beating and banging. You know, uh, I've had a lot of success at Martinsville. It's one of my favorite. Uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway, the racetrack in St. Louis. Man, I love them all, but I think any competitor will tell you they're probably the favorite ones or the ones they've won at before. You know what I mean? Las Vegas, St. Louis, Martinsville, Phoenix, Arizona, you know, California, Motor, you know, California. But, uh, I love them all, but they are my favorites. I guess my most, the, my favorite track is my home track, which is the Texas Motor Speedway. And me and my old friend, my good buddy, Brendan Gone, Brendan used to come when we were racing the truck series. He would win truck races. I mean, he won four or five of them at the Texas Motor Speedway. And uh, he would always jab at me. He said, hey, man, I bet you could trade places with me, you know. I said, dude, I would love to trade places with you, you know. But uh, but anyway, when I won my first truck NASCAR truck race, it was at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And before I did that, he was winning races at the Texas Motor Speedway. So I was just thankful that I was able to, to jab back at him, you know what I mean, and uh, say, hey, I, I got one here at your racetrack. What do you think about that? So, uh, but man, I love them all. But uh, Texas Motor Speedway would be my favorite one. And then uh, my second favorite would be the Daytona International Speedway. God, I love Daytona. As a kid growing up, you know, loving, loving NASCAR racing, you know, when you thought about racing, you thought about Richard Petty and the Daytona International Speedway. You know what I mean? That, that's just the first two things. Daytona and Richard Petty were the first things I kind of learned as a little boy. You know what I mean? So, Texas Motor Speedway and the Daytona International Speedway are my favorite racetracks. That's great. Uh, I love those tracks as well, and they hold special meeting for me for different reasons. Uh, Dominic, real quick, what, what, are you, what are your some of your favorite tracks, man? And I love going to Phoenix Raceway. That's just a short skip here from good old Grants, New Mexico, about five and a half hours in the car, and you're at Phoenix International Raceway. And outside of that, too, you can't go wrong with Daytona. Just seeing Daytona International Speedway and driving up to it and knowing the history that's at that place, it's awesome to go to a race there. And Kansas Speedway is certainly a favorite of mine. I mean, and, and I'm kind of mirroring David here. I love going to that next race, and you see different people at different tracks and different weekends and you're you're going to see certain people at certain places but yeah those ones that are close to home i think just hit a little different yeah i i, I gotta go daytona i know that's the easy answer but i love homestead too uh i, I mentioned how earlier at the beginning of the show getting it mixed up still thinking it was the championship race um but they did a great job hosting that championship for years and and uh it's got the old atlanta field to it there at homestead uh, that's one of my favorite tracks. Probably those two would be my favorites uh, as uh, far as that goes. But, guys, this has flown by. It's been a lot of fun. We appreciate all the listeners for joining us. And uh, you can subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr on uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. And you can also watch the show on YouTube as well. And uh, you can reach, us, reach out to us on uh, social media as well. Dominic, where can people find us there? They can find us at facebook.com slash star podcast and the same with Twitter or David star podcast on Facebook. Let me correct that. And then on Twitter at star podcast, they can find me at Dominic Aragon, reach out with any questions. We'll certainly love to get some more questions on the show here. And we do look forward to interacting with everybody. This is like we said, the first of many. Yeah. And uh, you got some stuff coming up on the racing experts.com this week too. I imagine people ought to check out. Yeah. We try to do our best to cover the sport and Justin Melillo, I got to give him a shout out. He's our managing editor. He's my business partner. 
does a great job covering the iRacing series and everything that's going on virtually. And, and he and I have been working together. We've been doing a lot of fan giveaways. So if you like winning free NASCAR merchandise, all you got to do is just follow us along on Twitter and be on standby. We've been giving away a lot of cool things about twice a week. I do a morning show here in Kansas every weekday, Monday through Friday from 6 to 8 a.m. That's what I do. And also got the Jones Report podcast out every Monday and Thursday also on Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. Certainly check that out there. David, what's your week look like, man, before we run? What, what do you got going on in the next couple of days? Man, putting presentations together. Courtney, uh, Courtney Kling, the, my, uh, my assistant, man, we're putting uh, sponsor proposals together. Have some meetings. Have about three meetings uh, coming up uh, for this week. And then the cool thing is uh, my uncle, Mike Starr, he's built a road racing car, and we're going, we're going to be racing in, in the – World, I think it's called the World Racing League at the new racetrack in Austin, Texas called Coda, the Coda track. And it's kind of cool. There's an eight hour race on Saturday. It's kind of an enduro race, eight hour race on Saturday. And we backed that up on Sunday with an eight hour race. So, man, when he said, Hey, man, you want to go down to Austin to the Coda track and, uh, and do, do some enduro racing and some, uh, some road course racing? I said, Absolutely, man, because, you know, one of the things that we'll talk about will, that will, dive into talk more about it in the future is uh what nascar has added they've added another race to the schedule it's in austin texas the coda track and uh i'm looking forward to going down there and just running some laps doing some racing and getting used to the racetrack so when i go back in 2021 uh, may of 2021 i'll know the racetrack and uh, i won't have any excuses <laughs> that'll be great we're looking forward to it guys Thanks for joining us. Episode one of Let's Go Racing is in the books. Time to put out the checkered flag on this episode. We'll see you right back here next week for another edition of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. For David Starr and Dominic Oregon, I'm Tyler Jones saying so long. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Wait for the man to get ready. Stand in the lines to get in.